You're listening to a Shockcast original. Shock. Thank you for tuning into that Twinnings show with me, Ken Wasman. If you are new to this podcast, this is where I talk to different celebrities on the things that they went through in their twenties. Because let's let's admit it, lah. Okay, that stage of being in your twenties is very confusing. You're always at a crossroads on a lot of things: relationships, friendships, career path, you name it. And the one person that I have with me on today's episode is no foreigner to the Malaysian. Entertainment industry. I would like to call her the Malaysian Meryl Streep, only because Meryl has the highest amount of nominations at the Oscars with 21 nominations. This prima donna of Malaysia, she has the highest nominations uh, at the Festival Film Malaysia (FFM), which is like our Malaysian Oscars. Slash, she's got 10 nominations. She won uh, the Best Actress Award at FFM twice already. She's been in some of the biggest Malaysian films such as Umbak Ridu, Pontianak Harum Sunal Malam, Legenda Budak Setan, and uh, Munafik Dua, to name a few. She's also an activist. She is also very active. This MCO, in fact, she's been doing some fitness things and also started her own burger business. Oh my god, what can this woman not do? Tell me now, huh? It's the one and only <laughs> Maya Karen, everybody. Hi, hi, Keanu, my baby. How are you doing, Maya? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I just came back from the griller. I actually had to leave the griller early just to hustle you. You too. Um, so I can do the session today. You are the best, Maya. Thank you for joining me here. And I don't think I want to ask you the typical question like, "What have you been busy with this MCO?" Because I think anyone who has talked to you would have that answer. You do not know how to take a break, Maya. You know. <laughs> yeah, my mom was scolding me two days ago. She's like, "Okay, enough. I'm a tutee. I'm a tutee." Yes, hey, Maya. Maya. I mean, you've been in the industry for the past over twenty years. Yes. Correct. Over twenty. Just years. about twenty years. Just, Just about, about twenty years, huh? and and in which you did kickstart your career as well. When you were in your early twenties, you landed your first hosting role in a show called Wavelength when you were twenty-one. Correct. Ah, uh, yeah, it was uh, just about twenty or turning twenty or something like that. Yeah. Right. So that's right. when I, my 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 career really started bang at the number twenty, mm-hmm. and hasn't stopped since. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a great ride and uh, all kinds of fantastic experiences that I've had mm-hmm. and like you were saying before the whole thing about being in the 20s and growing up and molding yourself and learning and and unmolding yourself sometimes yeah uh, to this point so yeah what else there you go and when you were 25 that was when you got your breakthrough role as Pontianak in Pontianak Harum Sudah Malam um, yeah younger no, I was about, tw- about 23 23 and a half right Sorry, we Germans are quite precise in this way, <laughs> and and uh, unlike Malaysia, where you know you are, we count the years. So on December, on January first, I'm already, let's say, I'm thirty in uh-huh. in end of October, which okay. is that's my birthday near Halloween. Uh-huh. By January first, I'm already a year older. I'm like, dude, I just celebrated my birthday like two months ago. Why yeah, am I one year older already? So that's how the Germans do it, huh? So we don't turn like in German uh, in Germany, we don't turn thirty, forty, fifty, whatever our ages until that particular day. So the day before Poon, I'm still twenty nine. I'm twenty nine until the next morning that I wake up, and then I'm thirty. And six months later, I am thirty and a half. 
Not there you go. 32. Not <laughs> anyway. So precise, huh? That, that, that sounds yeah. very statistical of you guys. Uh, are there a lot of actuaries <laughs> over there as well? No? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but on the 20s show, Maya Karin is still in her 20s because we want to query every single Russia about Maya Karin when she was in her 20s. Not just, um, you know, mainly focusing about your life in the spotlight, but it's more of like Maya Karin raw however you were in your 20s so before we touch on that about your perhaps your you know personal life like how you were as a friend as a girlfriend or you know all these friendship things relationship parts as an actress because you were you became a big star when social media was still not very big you know twitter wasn't really around back then instagram was not like it's not as accessible as sekarang like you know now you not tahu About no, nowhere near it. It didn't. It almost yeah. didn't exist. Really. Facebook had already kind of started, and mm-hmm. uh, then there was this thing called MySpace. I don't know if you've heard of this, kids. I was on it. <laughs> I was believe it or not. Oh, you were. Curious of that, yeah. You must have been like twelve, twelve-year-old, busy on space, MySpace. I yes, know. guilty as charged. My generation very thorough, Maya. We were not even allowed to be on the site, but we already had account MySpace, Friendster, Facebook, you name oh, it, Friendster, all of that. Yeah. Yeah, so I wasn't I wasn't on any of those things. Just really? I just couldn't get it. Just just couldn't get it. So I I grew up in my 20s up until my 30s and throughout my career then was really 100% old school media. So which means just um the only voice that or the only way of communication with the public or your fans was through the reporters and mm-hmm. press conferences so relaying my information word for word to the reporters and hoping that they will translate it in the right way uh, on the newspapers and in the TV shows whereas now of course um, it's changed dramatically and a lot of reporters have lost their jobs journalism has changed a lot and mm-hmm. uh, people though uh, whether it's celebrities or whether it's uh, orang awam or the public the general public Mm-hmm. Have have an avenue to um, say whatever they want to say, and this is sometimes good and sometimes bad. Yeah, absolutely. And I think now, right, all these up and coming celebrities, it's probably easier for them to penetrate the industry with social media in the way you could just put up your stuff there, someone sees it, you know. But then again, it's all about sustainability, I believe. You know, I know I'm still very new in the industry, but then again, it might be easy to step in, but to sustain yourself, that's another thing. So back then. I I don't know how because now you know all these these um, cyber troopers as they call cyber bullies where they can simply throw hate on your comment section. You post one photo, they don't like it. Bam! It's everywhere there. Back then, mm. what were the kind of experiences you had with all these haters in the industry? So in in the olden days, if I can say it, when my picture came out in newspapers or I did magazine covers, I did loads, thousands and thousands of magazine covers. In all kinds of fashion and clothes, but the good thing about the old school media is there was a like a complete barrier, you know. I mean, whatever the people who were reading the newspaper uh, on the Sunday morning paper or whatever they were thinking, it would not not get back. It would not get to me in any way. Correct. There was just a complete protective layer. Only if it got really bad, and the only reason hate would come to you is if you found some squabbles with reporters, right? And if you You know, but high with reporters, Mm-mm. and and if you have a if you have a real uh, problem with reporters, then they're going to translate that in their media, or they were they were doing that. 
Right. They have means to do that. But otherwise, there was no other avenue of hate to come to you unless face-to-face, amachi or whatever, or some sister says, hey, you're so ugly in that picture. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's so fast. Exactly. You posted the next second. Now, you get thousands of comments or all sorts of things, do you? Yeah, yeah. So there are times where maybe it's best just not to open your social media for a while. If you think he, yeah. you know, there, and there may be negative vibes around, just don't open it. Some people are strong enough and some people are not. Yeah. And some people take it too personally and some people take one single comment too personally, including celebrities who just then suddenly lash out for the entire country or the world to know. Whereas if you had just stayed quiet, nobody would have known. But because of yeah. one single tweet reply to you that says, oh, you, you're so, so and so these days or you, you look so, so these days. Or, triggered, triggered. Yeah, so the hate wasn't so available for people as it mm-hmm. is now. Right. So it's right. important. So sometimes also, I mean, I considering my some of my my Instagram, my social media platforms, which is now Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I would consider them quite conservative in terms of followers. Mm-hmm. When you compare my followers to other stars and celebrities and and social. Uh, social media, media influences influencers yeah. influencers yeah it's a um, thing now people it's a thing it, it currently exists. it's a career I'm an influencer yo <laughs> <laughs> but um, I consider it quite conservative but mm-hmm. I do know that my fans are solid so yeah. I have a lower number of followers but these followers are truly loyal mm-hmm. and truly there for me at all times and they are not there to follow me to hate me right. which is what you get quite a few times where people mm-hmm. just follow you just to find a fault as you you're said. right you're right and not in it because they love you yeah they just want to so don't you. get confused i always have to tell agencies or you know even like i said even agencies who who are who's supposed to be experts in in media mm-hmm. still not quite understanding that just a follower does not mean a follower and somebody that is a supporter yeah a follower can be anybody but the supporter that's the important part. You're right. So you can have 5 million followers and 3.5 are only there to bash and douche you. And then the only one actually love and listen to you are 1.5 million. So You're just right. chill. Mm-hmm. So nobody should go fanning around going, eh, so many followers, ah, so many followers. It's not everything, people. It's not everything. Yeah. And um, I think over the years, I mean, since you've been in the industry for the past 20 years already, I know that you are very selective with your roles that you take. I've seen you say that in interviews as well. It's not your way of disrespecting scriptwriters and all, and all that, but I believe that you really value the crafts that are out there. So is that something that you've learned along the way in the industry? Or is it something that you've been like that since the start of your career? Um, no, uh, at the beginning of my career, which for, um, just to clarify, I never planned and I never had any hopes of being an actress or a mm-hmm. celebrity that was never on the cards. Wow. It just kind of happened. I did my first movie, which I was quite happy with. Then I made a mistake in my 20s, my early 20s. I think I was about 21. Okay. I did one movie, which was just, uh, I don't have the words for it. <laughs> But it is, um, it, at the time, I mean, I nearly, I wanted the earth to swallow me up when the, when I saw the movie at the cinema. 
Oh God! I was just so mortified. Okay, give us like the genre, perhaps. You don't have to mention what movie, but give us a genre, please. Uh, it was a comedy. Okay. It's a pure, pure, pure comedy. It's kind of the comedy on the level of Dumb and Dumber, you know? Okay, okay. Like, like really, really slapstick. Uh huh. Uh huh. But that what that movie I did for money. Uh huh. In my that was my movie number two. I had turned it down twice. Right. But the producer wanted me so much that he doubled my pay, and even though the script wasn't ready and the whole team wasn't really solid, but uh-huh. because he had doubled my money, I then said, "Okay." And what happened then? The movie came out, and I was sort of like, while we were shooting, I already had a bad feeling about it. But when it came out, then I really thought, "Oh my God, what have I done? No. What have I done to my career?" Oh. And following that, I had. Pretty much, almost no jobs for almost two years. You serious? Um, the movie did fairly well, and quite a lot of people and even big shots in the industry went to see it because of me. They said, like ten years later, they told me. <laughs> At the time, it almost felt like I had just committed suicide. I had just killed off my career by taking oh this movie God. because of money. It's like a career so suicide. That's what I thought. Yeah. So for two years, really nothing much was coming in. My savings were running out, and I promised myself before that, though, as when the film came out, never, ever, ever do anything has matamata just for money. And I've kept that philosophy now since then, since mm-hmm. I made that mistake. I would never take anything just for the money. Right. I mean, the money has to go in line with. Um, the quality of the standing. job, mm-hmm. yeah. Quality of our presentation, our yeah. work, uh, our standing in as a celebrity. You know, fair is fair, lah. You can't just say this is a great script. Can you do it for fifteen ringgit? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Heck, heck so. no, yeah. But at the same time, don't just say, oh, you know, ah, oh, wow, I'm getting thousands and thousands and thousands. Just take it, just take it, because you have to think long term. Yeah. So one thing my father taught me when I was quite. Young was, you know, uh, or he just a very simple sentence. He said, "Reputation is everything." When I was still figuring out what to do at the age of fourteen, fifteen, well, what yeah. should I do? Everyone always asks me, "What you gonna do when you're big? What you gonna do when you're grown up?" And I'm like, "I don't know, pops. I really don't know." He's like, you know what? Just remember one thing: reputation is everything. So mm-hmm. I just kind of that. I've kept that in mind that right. I do good movies and I'm selective and I get people. I keep wait people waiting. And even for the the two years after this bad movie came out, <laughs> um, some reporters actually asked me, "Why don't you just retire? Why don't you just call it quits and move after on?" After that know? movie, no, like about two years after that, when I still wasn't, when I still uh, hadn't hit my big break yet. My right. big break was Pontiana Arumsuna yes. Malam in 2004. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. But the re- this really bad movie, in now in hindsight, is so bad that it's actually good. Okay. You know what I mean, it's actually like a really funny, stupid popcorn movie. Like it's so bad that I got to find this after this, Maya. But it's like really just so if you're sitting around with a group of boys or girls or just some kids and you don't know what to do, put it on Watch and it. you will you will laugh your ears <laughs> off. <laughs> But you know what? Okay, that's very interesting because I never knew about this story at all. It, it seems I think from the outside, everyone sees you as someone who who has had a smooth sailing journey from the start, 
all the way till now macam oh my god did maya ever have a hiccup in her career you know it's like kuntian ajuna malam dengan ombak rindu dengan legenda budak setan apa juan ada perasaan juanita juanita yeah juanita juanita every time maya plays a hantu of course who didn't want to watch that <laughs> the most gorgeous kuntian well. <laughs> that scene on the rock by the way that one still creeps me out surprise sekarang I still remember that when Masha Milan oh the one where I'm like chanting in a red yeah. dress yeah when Masha was going <laughs> to the bushes and she was like apa tu dang and then the, 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 the demon went and I kat rumah terjerit dengan my family we took it on Astro first I think it was somewhere it was on one of the Astro packages so we actually didn't go to the cinema but we watched it at home it creeped us out like crazy even until now <laughs> even your Pontianak role punya your Mata Merah pun that's creep thanks for, so much for all the sleepless nights yeah, you cost me when I was a kid yes. you're welcome you're <laughs> great <up>. memories <laughs> so you know going back to that two years uh, before Pontianak oh, but how do you bounce back basically you know because you did say that after that basically two years you were technically jobless your savings were running low so how do you bounce back and how did you push through and got your breakout role in Pontianak Harum Sundal Malam The thing was that um, and the thing well, was and still is or you know like I mentioned before it was never my dream to be famous or an actress mm-hmm. or a public figure or was anything in that sphere so it was never such a problem to me it didn't cause me stress and uh, when I didn't get any jobs or you know I mean it was a little bit depressing that my money was running out of course yeah. and that my savings and but I, I do believe in this one thing and it's it's kind of I, this is the one I like this word in Malay called rezeki mm-hmm. sort of cultural beliefs in the Malay society that I do appreciate and like and one of them is the word rezeki in the meaning of rezeki and um And in English, there isn't a direct translation to that. You know, you can't really, you can say good luck, but it doesn't, doesn't feel the same. It's not yeah. the same sort of value to it. a special ring it. to it, isn't it? Special ring, a special philosophy to yeah. it as well. A yeah. special sense of making you feel more safe, calm. Right. That um, certain things are meant for certain people and certain things are not meant for certain people in that yeah. kind of way. And in a way that don't just look at the bad sides of things and yeah. maybe maybe some good things happened yesterday and you totally didn't even realize it or you didn't appreciate it because it just didn't seem like a good thing you just look focus on the bad thing all the time yeah, focus yeah, on yeah. You didn't get all the time so right. i guess it was like it was my rezeki the way uh pontiana happened was um And here's another thing to make it a bit more complicated. Uh-huh. When I was just about to shoot the first movie, I saw a big Pontianak poster. But it was very plain. It just had the word Pontianak written on it. It was a green poster. And it was sitting behind the movie producer that I was doing a job for. Okay. And I looked at it and I just kind of thought in my heart, oh my God, I so wish that I could be in that movie. I don't care what it was, even if I'm an extra, even if I just wash dishes somewhere in a scene. But Pontianak, the movie, I would love to be part of that. You know? But oh then that God. time, yeah, I had it in my heart. It, came, it was like a wish in my heart, but I didn't say it, not to the yeah. producer either. Because I'm like, well, who am I at that time to kind of suddenly say, hey, uh, I volunteer. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, and I did, uh, gave out an award and an awards show um, the two years after that bad movie. And uh, the director saw me walking across the stage and asked his producer, uh, asked her producer, sorry, have, have they called me up for auditioning? And then they said, no. So 
the director said, call this girl to audition for Pontiana. Right. So that's what happened. So around the early, early 2003, I was called in for auditioning for the for Pontiana movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got a second call back and then they gave me the role. I couldn't believe it. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't even tell my mother until I was on set. And then she was wondering, Serious? where am I going every day? Why am I always disappearing every night? <laughs> and I said, well, actually, I'm shooting another movie, mom. It's called Puntiana. Oh, my God. You're like, mom, I'm actually disappearing because I want to be a hantu, ma. Be right back. <laughs> Priorities now, huh? Wow, I didn't know but, that was the story. Yeah, so it's one of those things that like, you know, I... I didn't run after it. I didn't chase after that. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't knock down anybody's doors. But it was. But it's a Riziki that came to me. I love it because I was. I was patient, and the two years went by, and my money was drying up. But somehow, I never. I never lost. Never. It not bothered me. Like oh my god, oh my god. Mm-hmm. This is a, sometimes a problem with quite um, a few celebrities that I've noticed because they are so impatient, right? And because they are chasing the glamour and money so much. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like you can shoot yourself in the foot if you do that. Mm-hmm. It's because you're also overexposing yourself to. Right. This happens again and again and again. Um, right. When you're you're doing so many dramas, you're doing so many movies, you're doing so many things that because you you it makes them feel popular, it makes them feel validated. Mm. Essentially, the public is like, okay, enough already of this person. I can't. Yeah. Every Everywhere channel, you're seeing this person's face. You go to the cinema and watch the same person. So, uh, so it's like great for three to five years, but you can't sustain that. Yeah. The public cannot watch the same person every single day. So hence, mm-hmm. we go back to your word of sustainability. Yeah. Is like sometimes exclusivity is a good thing, and you kind of I believe step in that. back a little bit. And and why do you think these designer handbags are all very expensive? Because they are exclusive. Exclusive. You're right. So it's the same with me. Like I mean, I I I don't mind if I only do one movie a year. Yeah. Or even before Munafik Two came out, I didn't shoot a movie for four years. Wow. What about any four dramas, years. any sitcoms? No. no. I don't do TV. I only no. do movies. So again, those four years went by. But the public didn't even notice. I didn't even notice. I was. Exploring the world, and I was it didn't stress me out. Oh my god, I, have more, I need a movie this year. I need a movie. Right, what are people right. gonna think? What are my fans gonna think? Oh my god, yeah. they're gonna think I'm not popular anymore. It's like, no, don't don't do that. Even if it's true and you're not popular anymore, or talaku anymore, or yeah. your riziki in this field has run out, then yeah, else. So, this is this is what's been proven as well with my burger. Mm-hmm. Yes, I need to try it. I started. And it has become very successful. I don't know how many thousands of burgers I've sold. Amazing, right now. Maya. So on average, right now, about 150, sometimes 200 burgers a day. Wow. And it's just proven that with this PKP or this MCO, yeah. and not being able to do it, like people like you, my manager, my sister, who's a lawyer, my brother, lots of people can continue work just from home. You're right. But my work, my work is entirely dependent on being on ground, whether mm-hmm. it's shooting be on set or whether it's doing going on radio or yeah. you know, interviews, mm-hmm. photo shoots. I can't do anything from home except like this. Like yeah. talking to you. Mm-hmm. But that's not good enough, right? I mean that's yeah. just, that's not really working. It's half an hour of my day. You're right. You're so right. I had to find something else uh, to do. So uh-huh. so if I, it's been proven now, so if my career, if my riziki in this field like goes a little bit better, no worries. I'll just cook some burgers, man. 
that, that's one thing I respect about you, Maya. Because I also remember a few years back. I don't know if you're still doing it now, but I know that you're very active in property investments. Yeah. Are you still pursuing yeah, that yeah. as well now? Still. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's an ongoing thing. Ongoing so thing. It, it's a long term investment. Right. So um, it's not something that you can do within by three four months. It's, yeah. Yeah. It takes years and years. So I'm still at it. I'm still buying and selling a little bit, but you mm-hmm. know, I'm still active in that. Yeah, and, and, and there you have it. That's one thing that, like I said just now, I respect you for that because you don't solely depend on your career as an actress or as a host. You've done, you, you were a VJ for Channel V back then. You've tried all sorts of different things, like basically, you know, you've, you've mm-hmm. I think every every aspect of the industry, you've tried a bit of this, a bit of everything. And at the same time, you're also exploring outside of show business as well. Would you say that, I mean, because you have been in the Malaysian film scene or Malaysian entertainment industry for so long, would you say that it's not advisable for entertainers to just depend solely on our careers in showbiz, considering the yeah. nature of the industry and how you know it's it does it isn't perceived as a, a vital economic contributor to Malaysia? Um, yes, for sure. I, I definitely would recommend that to any artist, and I think a lot of uh, the new generation of artists now are, are understanding that concept as well. And because our industry also in, let's not even talk international, but let's just say Southeast Asia. Yeah. Um, I would say in Southeast Asia, we Malaysians are the lowest paid celebrities in this region. In this region alone. Malaysia? Um, compared to all the other countries in SE? Yes, 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 yes. In Indonesia, if, uh, if you can land a successful, you know, in Indonesia they call it Sinetron. Uh-huh. And these these long drawn out dramas, sometimes you know, hundred episodes minimum, mm-hmm. maybe two hundred, three hundred, and they run for like, like the telenovela style from South America. You know, yeah. they just go on and on and on and on and on. And if you if you land a major role in one of the sinetrons there, you can make so much money not only per episode, but because you get hundreds and hundreds of episodes, you're guaranteed for life. Basically, are you serious? Mm, but in Malaysia, the, the payment for dramas, um, and very rarely do we have dramas that run more than 50 episodes. The mm-hmm. most is 13 to 26 episodes. Yeah, you get money, but it's it's not going to get you that long and far if you don't right. save it. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you're not careful, that money can run out within a year or two. Yeah. yeah. yeah I also remember seeing Hans Isaac talk about this in one of the forums. He mentioned that budget buat film kat Malaysia ni it's macam budget catering dekat US punya films like Hollywood films it's that low of a budget is that still the case for now Maya? yes yes definitely uh, possibly even worse <gasps> now I mean movies again like uh, I, I don't know some movies that are shot and some guests who came on set and they were like eh, this is where you eat this oh is where God. they you to rest don't you have a trailer? Like, no. It's still a trailer. It's very foreign to Malaysian stars. Okay, what trailer? What trailer are you talking about? <laughs> you mean the movie trailer? Yeah, no, that one yeah. No, you know. Um, but it's only been in the last two movies that I shot where we got a trailer with aircon and sofa and Malaysian a mirror movie? for makeup. 
Yes. But again, the trailer is not for me alone, okay? It's like for all okay. the cast and all the crew. <laughs> baby, <laughs> steps lah, baby steps lah. Baby steps lah. Maybe, okay, at least sekarang dah ada trailer. Lepas ni, personal trailer pula, kan? <laughs> okay, so I had so much fun talking about, you know, your your journey as a as a film star. And and honestly, I love how you mentioned about Rezeki tadi. I also find that word very beautiful. And especially if you really understand the context. It is somewhat tied to uh, to me lah. To me, it's also tied to law of attraction as well. It's when you really believe that you know, if it's meant to be yours, it will be, and then you really see the beauty of it, you know. And now I want to know how was Maya Karin like as an individual, as a as an as a girlfriend, as a friend, as a daughter when she was in her twenties. Were you a difficult person to deal with back then? Mm, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. This is get <laughs> my with my parents, I was. As a kid, as a daughter, I was quite feisty. I was quite stubborn. Okay. Um, I wanted things a certain way. I really wanted them, and I wouldn't be afraid to go into a fight with my parents. As a girlfriend, I was uh, very loyal and very dedicated. I think. And as a professional, or as a as a worker, as an actress in the industry, I was very professional. The professionalism started very has never left me. Has always been there since the age of twelve or thirteen. So I would never win. In, in what sense? Being on time, for instance, okay. uh, doing your job, uh, respecting everybody from top to bottom, not mm-hmm. treating you know the the director differently to the tea maker, for instance. Right. Um, and listening. Doing my job basically just really without without complaining and without my nose up in the air and pretending like I'm a diva and this and mm-hmm. that. That sense, in that sense, just being professional and doing what you're told to do, doing your mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. And this is how I've viewed my. And I've, I've said this many many times. And when people do ask me about my recipe or how come I've maintained myself or sustained for so long, and yeah. One of the things I often say is that I never look at my position or my 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 celebrity or my work as an actress as work as an act. It's work. It's just yeah. work. End of yeah. work. Full stop. So everybody who does work should be professional. Whether you're a lawyer, you're a dentist, you're a nurse. Regardless you're a of your career, agreed. Regardless, whatever it is, it yeah. doesn't matter whether you're famous or not. It's work. Yeah. Some people get it. Get it wrong a little bit, and then mm-hmm. they're like, "Oh, because I'm famous, now it's not work anymore. Now it's like I'm going shooting." I've got a status. I've got a status you know, this is okay. some. This is something that I perceive like it's um. It could be like a, a millennial thing, or perhaps all oh, these artists baru. I don't really like the term artist. artist. You know, I think that if you're an actress, you're an actress. If you are a singer, you're a singer. But that term. I feel like it's misused these days. Like when I grow up, I like to be artist. You know, I don't know. Like it could be. It's just something that I feel strongly about. Like you know, but yes. Well, the the, the thing is the the difference between uh, the word artist in Malaysia and internationally. That's the difference. So in You're Malaysia, right. we've changed that word to applying only to celebrities who are mm. famous with millions of followers, okay? yeah. but who may not necessarily have any uh, abakat or yeah. talent. But it is famous, or for singing one song, or acting in one drama. Yeah. But artist is a big word in the international field. You're right. And it, it 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 carries a lot of responsibility and and value. So you're not just an artist if you're an actress or a singer. You're an artist if you're a painter. You're an artist if you're a composer. You're yeah. an artist. 
if you're doing uh, I don't know so many things that equate to arts yep. seni mm-hmm. only Malaysia artists has <laughs> been specially made for only famous people so the, yeah. the most most amazing wayang kulit dancer or, or maker is not considered an artist mm-hmm. hello he is an artist he you're right craft. you're right you're right and I think that's something that I also love about Indonesia as well when I watch their films it's just something about them that you can tell that they're really valuing their art from their angles the cinematography the, the, the script everything you can tell that they're doing it from here you know so that's something that I'm trying to explore over that site too much information sorry no one wants to know about me orang nak tahu pasal Maya Kari dia sibuk pergi selitkan information pasal diri sendiri short sendiri betul um, before, I, before I let Maya Karin go I just want to know from you do you think life actually gets easier or harder once you have ended in your 20s? Um, easier so um, it's like a perfect example of I mean I got married briefly when I was 28 mm-hmm and at that time i really had this perception that i was old and i kind of sort of partially maybe got into a marriage because of that thing in my head right and then when i got divorced at the age of 30 and then i realized how i'm 30 i'm just 30 so i should be enjoying my life it's 30 that i did at 28 28, wow. I felt much more responsibility to do certain things. But at the age of 30, then suddenly it kind of got released. So I was released from it. And and I wondered, I kept looking back going, why was I thinking that? Why would I, why did I think that at the age of 28? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so anyway, girls and boys, 28 is still very young, especially nowadays. Nowadays, you cannot uh, afford to get married at that age. No way, not now. No. No, 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 no. Better not. Better not laugh. And do you also think okay. you manage things better as you age? Like perhaps you know your emotions, anger issues, this kind of things. Maybe things that bothered you back then don't don't bother you as much now, or perhaps you are bothered. Yeah, much yeah. Less. Of course, of course. Mm-hmm. I used to really be able to throw a huge tantrum. Mm-hmm. Like I could really lose it, really lose it. <laughs> and and you But, can verify um, that, right? And <laughs> <laughs> no, she didn't know me then. Okay. <laughs> But um, really, the last 10 years um, have matured me a lot, and yeah, I, I can see things in a much healthier perspective. Yeah, the screws are a lot tighter nowadays. Oh gosh! Well, thank you very much, Maya, for enlightening us about your life in your twenties and sharing a lot about your film experiences that I never knew about. Trust me, I saw a lot of your interviews there. By the time you brought us to industry, I've always looked up to you, and half of the things that I knew today, I never knew prior to this. So I'm, I'm very glad like, that some things are said on this podcast in that twenty. Yes, yes. This is it's been a nice interview for me too. It's um, it's nice that I, I think it was a good, engaging interview, and I, I do appreciate you. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Maya. Thank you, thank you very much, and everyone. Don't forget to catch the other episodes of that 20s show um, on the Shock app and on my YouTube channel, Kianu Azman. <laughs>